have entered the fail zone. Hey, 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 what is going on? Let's dig into part two of failure to release. Um, Basically, I'm going to read this quote again that I found online, which kind of triggered me to want to dive deep and try to give some help and guidance in understanding this quote. And in so doing, I think it can really help um, serve, well, myself and many others with how to deal with the tough times. Um, I ended the last episode with um, a personal uh, note that I had written down um, in 2018. Um, I went through a separation that led to divorce, so moved out. My daughter and I moved out um, in the fall. It was around September. Um, went and got a house. My daughter's uh, father moved into his own home. We were separated. <clears throat> but you, you kind of, well, I had kind of hoped that things would work, but then deep down I really knew that this was the beginning of the end. Um, then two months later, my best friend, my sister, my grandmother, at 97 years old, passed away. Um, in between that, my child went off to college. So, in essence, those three people were my world. So, daughter left to go to college, divorce, death. Um, and when I say, you know, any, if you're a parent, you understand your child goes to college. She's my only child and she's my mini me. And my world revolved around her. I mean, when I look back, I could probably say I put more into being a parent, a mother than actually being a wife. You know, I can look back and I can admit that, but I'm saying that to say that's how close she is to me now. Um, I would even go, well, I'm not even going to go into that, but I just want to say that um, it was turmoil, it was anguish, it was despair. And I came across a quote, and I'm going to read that to you, and then from there we're going to talk about what we can glean from this quote and what we can learn and move forward. So here's the quote by Lori Deshen. There comes a time when you have to let everything fall apart. When you have to stop fighting for a life you've outgrown and trust that you will be okay, even if you can't see how right now. For a while, everything may feel messy and hard, and you may feel scared and lost. Embrace the fear, embrace the uncertainty, embrace the loss. The dark tunnel of change leads to the light of possibility, but first, you have to go through it. Now, when I read that, if you can feel the pain that I was just sharing in my own personal experience, I could look at this quote and see how much it made sense. But I wanted to go deeper and give an understanding of because even though I, you know, there comes a time when you have to let everything fall apart. Well, death, divorce, um, that's some heavy falling apart of stuff, okay? And you have your situations that you go. Everything is perception. Everything that people go through is their own understanding of it. But I'm talking from my perspective. And when it said you have to stop fighting for a life you've outgrown and trust that you'll be okay, even if you can't see how right now, those of you that have gone through divorce 
when you are fresh on the heels of it, you begin to think, <clears throat> well, maybe I should have stayed. It's too hard out here alone. Uh, what was I thinking? Why did I think I could do this, you know, on my own? But you have to realize you've outgrown that. That is the past. You have to trust that you'll be okay, even if you don't even understand how. How are you going to make it on your own? How are you going to get through the pain of, you know, having your child understand both parents aren't in the household anymore? How are you going to go to work every day and keep a smile on your face and pretend like nothing's wrong? By the way, I failed at that. As you heard from my thing that I read, you know, I had to, I didn't want to look at anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And the mere fact of having just gone through a divorce and I was sitting in a room full of people that were all married, all they talked about was what they were doing with their spouse, how great their spouse was and all these things. And that's a whole nother thing about people putting on a persona of how great things are. And a lot of times, the more they're putting on that front, the more fucked up stuff is. Excuse me, inappropriate language. But you can hear the pain in that. That was torture. Okay, even with my, I would have a headset in and I would blast my music so I did not have to hear. It's almost like I was in a crowd of people. I was in a room full of people, but I put this shell around myself. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to be heard. And I didn't want to hear or see or speak to other people. It's an isolation tactic. Okay. Now, I want to get into helping understand this quote. Now, it goes into saying everything may seem messy and hard. I just kind of alluded to that. You may feel scared. You may feel lost. But embrace the fear. Embrace the uncertainty. Embrace the loss. How? Why would one want to do that? So I went to um, my favorite mentors, um, Dr. John Martini and Dr. Eckhart Tolle. And... I want to talk about um, Dr. John Martini's take on fear, okay? He says that fear is our friend. And that kind of reminds me of how this quote is saying, you may feel scared, but embrace it. Well, how can we do that? If you see that fear is your friend, you can see fear as kind of an early warning system. It's alerting you to get out of the fantasy that your mind has created. He said, you know, he he says this a lot. He said, people say um, that they have a fear of the unknown. And he said, "That's that's crap. The fear is never of the unknown. The fear is actually the fear of what our mind has created this picture, this story that we tell ourselves. But the fear comes because we have not done the, well, I don't want to call it homework, but we haven't, we're looking at the story as 
a nonfiction. I guess I could put it that way. We're looking at the story we're telling ourselves. We're looking at it as a nonfiction. We're looking at it as the reality of what we're going through. But instead, we need to see that story that we're telling ourselves as fiction because it's thoughts, it's emotions. When you're looking back on the past, is the past really there? Isn't the past gone? I mean, you have your memories, you have thoughts, you may even be triggered by you know, when someone passes away, you, the, the smell or, or, or a song or something they might have said, and that can trigger and bring back emotions. And I'm not trying to go all esoteric on you, but when you think about it, the fear is coming in and saying, let me, you know what, I'm going to give an example. You go through divorce. And you say, there's no way that I'm going to make it on my own. There's no way I can do this. I'm going to be lonely forever. I won't ever love. These are thoughts. These are emotions that you have inside of yourself. This is the story that you're telling yourself. Now, fear comes along and says, the anxiety of, oh my gosh, I'm not ever going to love again. The very things you're telling yourself. I'm always going to be alone. I'm not going to be able to make it. You see that fear and that anxiety rise up. But if you look at that fear and that anxiety as a tap on the shoulder saying, uh, excuse me, how do you know you're not going to make it? This is something you're telling yourself. This is your nonfiction. But how do you know you are not going to make it? How do you know you aren't ever going to love again? How do you know that? It is a thought. It is an emotion. It is what you are telling yourself. And the fear is coming along and saying, whoa, easy. Why can't you flip your way of thinking? You know, the fear acts like... um kind of like a guidance mechanism. It's going to help you say, wait a minute, let's get back on track. Let's be real about this and understand, can I just shift my thinking? Can I get out of this? Now let's accept it as a fiction. Can I get out of this fantasy? Can I get out of this fiction and look at this objectively? And I know this is getting kind of deep, but in the example that I just gave, what if I shifted my perspective to say, you know what? I'm going to take each day as it comes. I know what I have to get done. Objective. You know, I have to pay bills. I have to go to work. I have to eat. I have to sleep. But now... If I objectively look at what's going on and I can say, okay, these are the things that I have to get done and I list out and, you know, I'm not saying even on a piece of paper, but now objectively I'm saying these are the things I have to do. Amazingly enough, just simply getting through the day when you are going through hell is a triumph. So can you decide 
to let go of the negative thoughts? Can you decide to let go of the hate? Can you decide to let go of the jealousy and the resentment? And that's what we're gonna talk about in part three, how to. But I just wanted to, you know, when when they talk about embracing fear, our brain logically does not connect with that. Why the hell would I wanna embrace my fear? But you see, if you can look again at your fear as a tap on the shoulder or as a way to say, hey, your nonfiction story you're telling yourself is really a fairy tale. It is a fantasy because you made it up. You truly do not know. Are your emotions real? Yeah, you can, you can feel, okay? You can feel the emotions cause a feeling. But those emotions start with a thought. I'm not negating that when you're going through hell, it is not hard. What I'm trying to help you understand is when you're going through hell, if you can just shift your perspective to see that your thoughts and your emotions are more powerful than you could ever understand. And if you can stop and see the things that are happening inside, the fear. You know, back in the caveman days, fear was a good thing because when a lion was chasing you, you had to get the hell out of there. Fight or flight kicked in and your life was saved because fear kicked in and you ran. Why do we think that that early warning system back in the caveman days is not the same early warning system? Yeah, we're not running from lions, but now we're running from our thoughts and our emotions and the fake stories that we're telling ourselves. And if we can look at that fear like the caveman did as an early warning system to get out of there, shake you up, tap on the shoulder, stop with the fantasy and start with getting real there's power in that now I'm going to end this episode on the note of um, in part three I want to give you a practice that you can do. I want to explain how now that you understand, you can look at fear as an early warning system. So now I hope you're getting a little bit of feeling of you, how embracing it makes sense. But now let's talk about the irritation of waiting. When am I going to love again? When am I, you know, some people's divorces go on for years. When am I going to get through this? When is the debt that I was left in from this horrible experience going to go? When is the pain, you know, when people are abused? Okay, you're saying don't fear anymore and, and, and you know, don't cut, tell yourself false stories. However, you're still having to live day to day. How do you do that? Keep your head up and keep moving forward. I'll see you in part three.